0: Need to get over yourself and grow up. Uh, How many of you need a lesson? Raise your hand if you need a lesson. Good gracious, there's a ton of them. Y'all need to grow. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Raise your hand real high again. We want to make sure you get one. They're they're passing them out. These fellas that real quick, right in the center, right in the middle. There you go. Raise your hand real high again. Over on the side. Over on the side, brother Buchanan. There we go. Down to the front. Down to the front. Nikki, Joe, right down here. Who are you pointing at, Frank? Raise your hand. All right, right down here. All right. Isn't it good to be saved? Isn't it good to have some cool weather? Amen. Amen. Now, think about it, guys. Think about it. Tonight is the last Wednesday night in the auditorium. Last Wednesday night in the auditorium. Man, I'm telling you, I'm jacked up. I'm telling you going to be great this sunday it's going to be our last sunday in the auditorium uh, uh everything's coming out matter of fact immediately after the last how many of y'all are third service people in here third service you come to the third service. raise your hand if you come to the third service. all right raise your hand if you come to the second service you should come to the second service. boy that's a bunch of y'all how about the first service first service all right give me that third service again now, y'all, y'all doing that because y'all know I'm going to ask y'all to work after that third service. That's why y'all acting like y'all go to the second service. I can tell that right now. Y'all ain't getting that over on me. Amen? Uh, uh, this, this coming Sunday, right after the third service, we got to get everything out of here. Chairs, systems, cameras, video, everything will come out because this wall is coming down on Monday morning. Amen? Yeah. Go ahead. Give God praise and glory right there. That's great. I told them I'm bringing popcorn and a lawn chair. I'm going to sit there and watch the whole thing. Amen. Uh, They're tired of me coming out there. They, they, they When they see me coming, they go the other way. But uh, anyway, all right, let's look in James chapter number one. Tonight, uh, it's going to be a little bit shorter, probably, technically, supposedly. Uh, uh, it's supposed to be shorter because I'm not really going into the meat of the book. We're going to do the intro. I want you to. I want to lay a foundation of who's writing why he's writing, uh, what he's going to be dealing with through the book uh, because a lot of times people, people go to reading the Bible and they don't know who the writer is and they think he's the wrong one. In other words, uh, we're going to see which James this is and, and talk about the different Jameses in the Bible so we know who's writing and we know who he's writing to and we know why he is writing because when you know those things... It it makes so much more sense when we cover it and know how we can apply it to our life. If that makes sense, say amen. Amen. Chapter number one, it says, James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the 12 tribes which are scattered abroad, greeting. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into divers temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. Let patience have her perfect work, that she may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. You're going to see that word perfect a lot, and it doesn't mean sinless. It doesn't mean without fault. It doesn't mean, uh, like when we say perfect, it has no flaws. That's not what it's talking about. It means complete. It means mature, all right? He said, let it have, uh, that she may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. If you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, who giveth to all men liberally, and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. For he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Let the brother of low degree rejoice in that he is exalted. But the rich in that he is made low. Because of the flower of the grass, he shall pass away. Because as the flower of the grass, he shall pass away. For the sun is no sooner risen from a, with a burning heat, but it withereth the grass, and the flower thereof falleth, and the grace of the fashion of it perisheth. So also shall the rich man fade away in his ways. In other words, nothing lasts forever. Say amen. amen. Blessed is the man that endureth temptation. For when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord hath promised to them that love him. Let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempteth he any man. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. Then when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin. And sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. Do not err, my beloved brethren. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. Of his own will he begat us with the word of truth that we should be of a kind of first fruits of his creatures. Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be... Let me, let's just all read that one right there. Let's all read that. Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear. <coughs> let's read that one again. Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear. Slow to speak, slow to wrath. Why? Verse 20. For the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. I believe if there's any two verses in the whole entire Bible that Christians ought to memorize, should be them two right there. Because when you get mad, you can't do right. You can't work the righteousness of God when you're working in an emotion of anger. It just doesn't work. Wherefore... Lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness, and receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your souls. But be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. For if any be a hearer of the word, and not a doer, he is like a man beholding his natural face in a glass. For he beholdeth himself, and goeth his way, and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty, and continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. If any man among you seem to be... Uh, this is another good one. If any man among you seem to be religious and bridleth not his tongue, but deceiveth his own heart, this man's religion is vain. Pure religion and undefiled before God and the Father is this, to visit the fatherless and the widows in their affliction and to keep himself unspotted from the world. Father, thank you, Lord. For people who are here tonight who are hungry for your word. Lord, I pray that you will feed us tonight from your word. I pray that you'll teach us tonight from your word. I pray that you'll convict us tonight from your word. I pray that you'll change us tonight from your word. We want to grow and mature and develop and become stronger disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now help me, Lord. I, I believe I have the information that we need to share. But Lord, I need the unction to deliver your word in such a way that we all get it. We all understand it. it makes sense to us. Lord, I pray that your will be done. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. You may be seated. James. James, let's look, number one, at the author. The author of this book. He addresses it in verse number one as James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ to the 12 tribes which are scattered abroad greeting. Now we know there's more than one James in the New Testament, more than one James that we read about and we study about. So let's look at the different ones and find out who it is that's writing this particular book. First, we look at James, the son of Zebedee, the brother of John. He was one of the most prominent to bear his name. Usually when you hear James in the Bible, you hear James and John, Peter, James, and John. Uh, this is probably the one that you'll hear about the most, the one that you'll read about the most. Uh, uh, and and he, is, he is one of the disciples of the Lord. He was one of the fishermen that was called by Christ to follow him. Uh, he and his brother John were nicknamed by Christ sons of thunder because of their impulsiveness. Uh, they, were always, they were always wanting to do something. Matter of fact, they went into a Samaritan village. Uh, uh, the disciples and Jesus went into a Samaritan village, and the Samaritans wouldn't receive the Lord, so they went to the Lord and said, you want us to call fire down from heaven? Let's just destroy it. Let's just burn them all up, amen? They wanted to do like Elijah on Mount Carmel and, and just, just burn them all up. Jesus said, look, I didn't come to destroy. I came to save. I came to save. But because of this impulsiveness, they were named the sons of thunder. Now, this James was the first disciple uh, to give his life for Christ. You can read about that in Acts chapter number 12. Herod killed him with a sword. Uh, uh, He stopped him there. Uh, This James was one of the inner three. Uh, one of the the three closest to the Lord, Peter, James, and John. It was Peter, James, and John who went into the room with Jairus' daughter uh, when Jairus' daughter had died and Jesus brought her back to life. It was Peter, James, and John who went up on the Mount of Transfiguration with the Lord when he was being transfigured. In other words, the glory that was in was shining on the outside, say, amen, it was Peter, James, and John who, who went with the Lord when they went into the Garden of Gethsemane. He told the disciples to stay here and pray, and then he went a little further. He went a little further and took Peter, James, and John, the closest to him, the closest to the Lord Jesus Christ, and asked them to pray. And then he went a little further on his own and began to pray, and great, uh, uh, his sweat became as great drops of blood. This is this James, all right? Another James that we read about. James, the son of Alphaeus. He was another of the disciples, but was, listen, very little is known about him. Matthew is also identified as the son of Alphaeus, and some students conjecture that the two men might have been brothers. Some say it was, some say it's not, not enough to argue about, but this was one of the Lord's disciples. James, the father of Judas, the disciple. Uh, He is even more obscure. This Judas was called the son of James to distinguish him from Judas Iscariot. Two Judases as disciples, and one was distinguished as the other as being the son of this James. Now, the James that we're talking about, the James who is the author of this book that we're fixing to study, and these writings we're fixing to study, this is James, the half-brother to Jesus. Are y'all with me? Say amen. Amen. It's not James and John James, it's not James the son of Alphaeus, it's James the half-brother of Jesus. He is the candidate for the author of this letter. He does not identify himself in this way. Humbly, he calls himself a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. That Jesus had brothers and sisters, now this is a surprise to a lot of people, they, didn't, they don't understand it, especially if they come out of Catholicism. Uh, Jesus had brothers and sisters as stated in Matthew 13 55 and Mark 6 3 and one of his brothers was named James uh, and like we said uh, obviously it's his half brother because the Holy Spirit was the uh, 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 is how uh, Mary was conceived with the Lord Jesus uh, so these brothers that we're talking about are from Joseph and Mary if that makes sense say amen. Now, uh, and, and the amazing thing is, the amazing thing is that during Jesus' ministry here on this earth, while he was doing his thing with the disciples and while he was teaching and he was preaching and, and he was healing, his own family didn't believe he was who he said he was. Only only Mary, only Mary knew because Mary knew. Joseph didn't even know how Mary knew Joseph knew what God told him, but Mary was the only one that really knew that she was a virgin when he got here. Say amen. And so his brothers, now imagine this, imagine this growing up with a sibling and, 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 and the sibling says, I'm God. Now, how would you, how would you feel? Now, it might change your mind if he was 10 years old and healing little crickets walking away. You know, I don't, I don't know. I don't know how all that worked, and I am being a little facetious right there. But, but you got to think about it in their mindset. You know, you've got to think about it the way they saw it. I mean, I'm, I, if I grew up with my brother, and he tells me that he's the son of God, and he's, I, I think you're crazy, man. Are, are y'all with me? That's what they thought of Jesus. They didn't believe him. They didn't believe him. You say, what convinced him? According, according to the New Testament, we know that Jesus appeared to James after the resurrection. And it was this appearing to James after the resurrection that convinced him that this is truly who he said he was. And he became a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. And and not just a follower, he was a pillar in the church. Paul called him a pillar of the church, one of the main leaders of the church. And you see his influence throughout the book of Acts in the early church there in Jerusalem. So he he ended up being a key figure to the early church. Does that make sense? Say amen. Uh 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 15 7 teaches us that Jesus appeared to him after the resurrection. Uh, uh, in Galatians 2 9, is where Paul called him a pillar of the church. Uh, it, was, it was Paul or James that Peter delivered uh, from prison and sent the special message to him. When Paul visited Jerusalem, it was to James that he brought greetings and the special love offering from the Gentiles. If y'all will remember, Paul went, Paul went from the Jerusalem church all to these other cities, starting all of these churches. And then when they went through the famine and went through the, such a difficult time, the, the Christians in Jerusalem, all these churches took up special love offerings, and Paul collected them and brought them back to the church to help support the Christians there in Jerusalem. If that makes sense, say amen. amen. It was James, Jesus' half-brother, that he gave them to because he was a leader in the church at the time. Some people, uh, uh, there, are, there are traditions... There are traditions that say uh, that, that he was beat to death with clubs uh, uh, and he was martyred for his faith. Uh, and some traditions even say that he, he said, just like Jesus did on the cross, just like Stephen did when he was stoned, you know, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. This was an integral figure in the early church. So, knowing who is writing, it was not James and John the fisherman. It was not James, uh, 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 the son of Alphaeus, uh, one of the disciples. It was not the father of one of the disciples. This is Jesus' half-brother. Are we clear on that? Say amen. amen. Okay, now, let's look at the second thing. I want you to see the audience. Who is he writing to? Who is he writing to? The Bible says in verse 1, "...a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ to the twelve tribes which are scattered abroad." greeting. Now, we know he is speaking primarily to the Jewish nation, but they have been scattered everywhere. The dispersion, if you will, uh, uh, because of persecution, because of many reasons, they are all over the place. Uh, James sent his letter to Christian Jews. At least 19 times, he addressed them as brethren, indicating not only brothers in the flesh, which means of Jewish origin, but also brothers in the Lord. In other words, they were saved believers. James was very clear on the doctrine of the new birth, and we'll talk about that in a minute, uh, there in James 1.18. There are times when James also addressed wicked men who were not in the fellowship. For the rich, for example, in James 5, 1 through 6. But he did so in order to teach and encourage the saved Jews to whom he sent the letter, all right? Number three, the atmosphere, the atmosphere. Uh, this is really important to get. This is really important to get, because so many times when we read and study the Bible, we we do it from uh, the blessing of having Hebrews, of having uh, Galatians, and and when it talks about legalism and falling back into uh, Judaism and and all we have we have the blessing of having Genesis to Revelation, and and sometimes we look back and we we forget that a lot of these people that they were addressing, they didn't have a complete Scripture. They didn't have uh, the complete canon of Scripture like we do, And, and so they are in a transition period. They are transitioning from the Old Testament Jewish worship of Old Judaism to the New Testament age of grace. And they hadn't hadn't received a complete understanding. All the mysteries of the gospel had not been revealed until Paul. And Paul revealed them. And so here here they are. they're, They're believers in Christ, but they're struggling holding on to the past. Does that make sense? Amen. Here's a good way to describe it. There is liberty in the Lord Jesus Christ. There is bondage in the law. And they are they are experiencing a touch and a taste of liberty. This is an amazing thing. When you taste liberty, you 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 want more of it. Amen. And 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 they're struggling with letting go of the legalism of the law. I remember I remember growing up as a kid. Uh, uh, we wasn't we wasn't allowed to wear shorts. I mean that was that was the, you you were, that was that was bad bad. You you go to hell if men wear shorts. Amen. Uh, uh, women could share with their calves, but men could not. Amen. And, and, and women had to show their calves, but men could not, you know, they couldn't wear pants. And, and here we go. We have this uh, legalism and law. And I, I remember, I, I remember growing up and, 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 and walking out the house uh, with shorts on for the first time. And I thought I was going to hell <laughs> and, and, and it had nothing to do with it. It had not one single blessed thing, but see my whole life, I hate this thing right now. I got to move. Amen. Uh, my whole life, I was told one thing. Then I received truth. Now walking in that truth, it wasn't real easy. It was a struggle. Uh, Now think about this. Think about this. Uh, you, you may have been told your whole life, if there was drums in church, that that was completely, that was completely worldly or completely sinful, and, and you remember the first time, the first time you heard drums in the church? Oh, or an electric guitar? I, this, is, this is funny. It's not funny, but it is funny. Uh, we had our, our very first missionary, uh, uh, Brother Morgan. He was so, gener- so kind and so just, just unbelievable. But they they are more conservative. I mean, they are very, 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 very more conservative. Are y'all with me? Say amen. <laughs> and I'm sitting here. I'm sitting here on the, fr- the front row. And 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 Jalen picks two songs out uh, that probably the most progressive songs we sing. And and both of them have a, a guitar solo sound like Eddie Van Halen. Amen. <laughs> and I'm <laughs> I'm sitting in. I'm thinking, Lord Jesus, ain't no telling what. Brother Morgan's thinking on this, day. but you know, here we are. Do y'all do y'all see what I'm talking about now? When you've been grounded in your mind that you know, if you don't sing out of a red back hymnal, you're not right with Jesus. And then you realize, you know, that's not true. That's not true. I'm not going to go to hell if I'm wearing shorts. People are not going to look what my legs look like, but I'm not going to hell. Amen. But it's a hard transition to make. And that's what that's who he's dealing with. He's doing dealing with Jewish people who for their whole life was, was they, they held by the traditions of the law. And now they are saying, listen, you're saved by grace. Grace, not following the law. It's not by works. For by grace are you saved through faith and not of yourself? it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. And, and you got to understand too, that the, the, the old temple was still in operation. They were still doing the temple sacrifices and all of this stuff. So here there's a, there's a big t- and, and, and you got to admit, guys, you got to admit when you've had a lot of church, and some of y'all have no church tradition. You know, you have no church tradition, so you just come in whatever it was. That's what it is. But when you've had a long background, that's a hard deal to deal with. And so now understanding that, you understand who he's dealing with in this situation. If that makes sense, say amen. Let's look at the, let's look at the, 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 uh, uh, the atmosphere. Keep in mind, keep in mind that James led the church in Jerusalem during a very difficult time. It was a time of transition, like we said. Such times are always upsetting and demanding. There were many Christian Jews in Jerusalem who still held to the Old Testament law, and the temple and its services were still in operations, and the full light of the gospel of God's grace had not yet dawned. We who have read Romans, Galatians, and Hebrews might be prone to judge these uh, early believers, but we must not. They were saved people, but they were still in the shadows of the law. And by the way, there's still people like that. There are still people who struggle with legalism because of what they've been told their whole life. I tell you what, when you've been told something your whole entire life, it don't matter how crazy it sounds. It's hard to turn to what, even when truth has been proven. Amen. Amen. Uh, while there there may be or may have been differences in degrees of spiritual knowledge and experience, there was no competition between Paul and those who directed the Jerusalem church. And we we see that in Galatians chapter number 2, verse 1 through 10. Now, here's the agenda. What are we trying to accomplish with this book? When he wrote this letter, when he wrote this letter to people who were struggling, people who were having problems, people in this transition period, what was he trying to accomplish? What problems was he trying to solve? Let's look at some of these. Each New Testament letter has its own special theme, purpose and destination, Paul wrote the book of Romans to prepare the Roman Christians for his intended visit. He wrote 1 Corinthians and was sent to the church at Corinth to help correct certain problems. And man, did they have problems. If you've ever studied uh, uh, Corinthians, you'll understand they had major issues, major issues. So that letter was trying to help them solve those issues. Uh, Galatians was written to a group of churches to warn them against legalism and false teaching. Now, as you read the epistle of James, you discover that these Jewish Christians were having some problems in their personal lives and in the church fellowship. I tell you this, anytime, anytime you have problems in your personal life, it will always affect church fellowship. It always will. And I've come to find this out. If we're not right this way, we're going to have a hard time being right this way and vice versa. You can't be right this way if we're not right this way. And so here there was, there was problems in the fellowship of the church. For one thing, they were going through really difficult testings, really difficult problems. Now, when we, when we see the word temptations, in verse number two, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into divers or different temptations. This is not like a temptation to lust after a woman or a temptation to drink alcohol, or, or take a certain drug, or, or something of that nature. It's not, that's not what it's talking about. That word means testing. Testing. In other words, you are facing a serious test. These Christians were going through a serious time of testing. You say, what's getting tested? Faith. It's always about faith. It always comes back to that particular subject. Jesus cares about your faith. For without faith, it's impossible to please him. Amen? God is looking for faith. One of the greatest things that he can find in a believer, in one of his children, and the one thing he's looking for more than anything is faith. And so they were going through testing. Now, even with that, the difficult testing, they were facing temptations to sin. Some of the believers were catering to the rich, while others were being robbed by the rich. They were being oppressed by the rich. Church members were competing for offices in the church, particularly teaching offices. Uh, it's, a, it's a dangerous thing. It's a dangerous thing when folks want to be a big shot. I've seen so many churches destroyed, not because, not because uh, Satan caused a tornado to come through and blow it. That's not, that's not usually the case. It's when somebody wants to be the big dog. It's when somebody wants to be the big fish. It's when somebody wants to have authority. Somebody wants to uh, uh, be the one to tell. Uh, I want. I want my say. That's a that's a dangerous thing. When people want to be in charge, that's a, that's, that's, that's that, Listen, that is a first step to problems. And here we find that in the local one of the one of the coolest things about Temple. One of the coolest things about Temple, and this is what makes Temple click like it does and work like it does, is we don't have people who want to be a big part of something small. We have a bunch of people who want a little part of something big. People come here, they do. People come here and they see all of the what's God's going what God has going on, and man, they want to get in that. And they want their foot in the door, but they want to be a big dog. And that don't never work. And they find out it's not going to work here. And you know what they do? They usually end up leaving here, going to a smaller congregation, a smaller church, a smaller assembly where they can look smart and they can look spiritual and they can look intelligent to people who are immature and don't know any different and they'll put them on a pedestal and that's right where they want to be. And that's fine. That's fine as long as they ain't here. Say amen. Uh Let's look at some issues. Let's look at some issues. We're going to take, uh, you say you, you shouldn't be that. Listen, I'm tired of seeing churches destroyed because of arrogant, immature people who want to have their way. I, 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 I just, I, I don't have time for that. I, I grew up in church my whole life. My heart and my life, everything about me is centered in the church. My greatest memories are in the church. And the church is dying in America. The church is being destroyed because of immature people in America. And the only hope America has is the church. It's not the White House. It's not Congress. It's not the State House. It's the church. And if the church is destroyed, if the foundations be destroyed, what will the righteous do, the Bible says in the book of Psalms. So we need to to do everything we can to mature and develop. Amen? let's look at some let's look at some things that we are going to deal with here in these these five chapters first eight write this down one, one these are signs of immaturity these are signs of immaturity these are these are things that take place uh, and, and and show immaturity in the believer first is impatience and in difficulties impatience and in difficulties i remember i remember when I first started pastoring, anything was a big deal. Anything. I'm talking about if there was the least little bit of anything, what in the world? And and, and, and so it just throws me in a tizzy, and I'm, I'm trying to, you know, just get all, and I'm wigging out, and and, and God is just like, And one thing that I, I really appreciate that God has done in my life is helped me. Now, I, I, I hate even saying this because the world's going to come to an end tomorrow. Everything we're doing is going to fall apart tomorrow because I'm saying this. But the, the ability to see that every little thing is not a big deal. And there's one thing about maturity. When you begin to mature and grow, you don't get wigged out by every single thing. And, and and when when he says this in in, uh, in verse number two, he says, "My brethren, count it all joy when you fall in the divers temptations, different trials, different testings. Why? Knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. It's going to do something good for you. Uh, how many of you? How many of you uh, could use some more patience? Now we know we know. Now here, here let me let me give you some help." Let me give you some help. Uh, <laughs> this is funny. When you hear people, when you hear people say, "Don't pray for patience," whatever you do, don't pray for patience. I I saw somebody the other day, and 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 one person mentioned it. Man, I need patience with this. They said. <gasps> Don't. You don't know what you're doing. Because when you pray for patience, all oh, hell's going to break loose in your life. Don't pray for Do you understand that if you need patience, you're not going to have to ask for it? Because God's going to see that you need it and he's going to bring it whether you pray for it or not. Are y'all hearing me? So get out of your head. Don't pray for patience. No, no, no. Whether you pray or not, if you need patience, trials are coming. Amen? Amen. Why? God doesn't want you to be a spiritual baby. Amen. Here, here's the thing. Here's the thing. There are so many people. There are so many people that come on Sunday. And, and they think they can they think they can just uh uh do this church stuff in moderation. I'm going to just, you know, come in there and, and and get enough of church in me, and uh, but not not enough for it to bother me. You know, I don't want to be accountable to nobody. I don't want to be responsible for anything. I just want to come in and, you know, so God can kind of see me that I was here and maybe he'll think. <laughs> like, 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 and, and, and I've heard people do, Oh, I'm venting tonight. I'm venting tonight. I've been gone a month. I can say what I want to say. Hey, man, I would listen. When when what God sees everything in your life. You do not determine. You do not determine the level you decide to be at. I, and I've heard people say this. Well, I, I, I've even I've even probably said this in ignorance. You choose the you choose the, the 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 level of maturity you want to be at. That's not necessarily so, because if you're here, God's going to do everything to get you here. And if you're here, God's going to do everything to get you here. He's going to keep messing with you till you get to where you're supposed to be. And that's great. Amen. That's a great thing. I'm glad God does not do. He does not just let us off the hook. If you are a child of God, he's going to keep on you till you get where he wants you to get, whether you want to get there or not. You say, preacher, I'm satisfied right where I am. Well, if he's not, honey, you better get ready because you're moving. <laughs> are y'all with me? So, so why am I saying all that? The best thing to do is just say, okay, I give up. I give up. I'm not going to fight this anymore. I, whatever you want for my life. Wherever you want me to be, however mature you want me to be, whatever level you want me to be, I'm in. Because you can't fight him. No way. How many of y'all have figured that out by now? Amen. 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 So, so, here's the deal. Impatience and difficulties. When we get wigged out about every little thing, that's, that's a problem. And God wants to help us with that. You ever wonder why? You ever, you ever wonder why? Have you noticed the way that lost people are responding to Ebola? And lost people are responding to ISIS. And lost people responding to economic problems and economic issues. They're freaking out. Who's going to be the voice of reason? Who's going to be the voice of calm, cool, and collected? Let me put it this way. Who's going to have the voice of faith? Didn't Jesus say, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee? Didn't Jesus say, I'll be a very present help in the time of trouble, our refuge and strength? Amen? Amen. Why do we need to be, why do we need to be calm? Why do we need to be patient in these situations? Because they need to see something in us that makes them want what we have. Amen? Amen? Alright, B. He's wanting to deal with impatience and difficulties in chapter number one, chapter number two. Uh, talking, but not living the truth. Oh boy. Talking, but not living the truth. Uh, we got a lot of we got a lot of people who can talk a good game. And 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 when they leave this building and this property, everything changes. That's a problem. And I'm not even saying I'm not even saying that it's, it's because you're lost. I'm not even saying that. I believe there can be saved people. Why? Because you're dealing with immaturity. If if you're a different person at work than you are in here. That's a problem. Somebody gave me the, one of the coolest compliments ever. Said, Preacher, it don't matter if you're in a Waffle House or the a White House. You're the same. Amen. They told me the other night at that banquet with all them fancy people in there, just don't say nothing redneck because they know me. <laughs> I did. I did it anyway, amen. I got to talk about Riddling and ADD and whoopings and all that. And the old people love me. Amen. (laughs) Are you different? Are you different at work? Are you different uh, when you're around the fellas? Are you different when you're around the ladies? Listen, that can't be. One of the greatest hindrances of people getting saved is they see people who are supposed to be Christians, and they don't talk like it, they don't act like it, and they don't live like it. So they don't think there's nothing to... I'll give a perfect illustration. Uh, Steve, you know, you know Jimbo. You know Jimbo. Uh, Jimbo's in heaven now. Uh, for a long time, I witnessed to him. I witnessed to him. And he had such a stroke. I asked him on his dying bed, I sat, I sat on his bed right next to him. I said, why would you give me such a hard time? Why was it so hard for you to believe that there was a God and God loved you? And, and he told me out of his own mouth, he said, I saw so many people who went to church, was baptized, was in Sunday school, and then come out here and cuss worse than I did. Saw so many people, preachers even, or people that stood in pulpits, and you know what changed him? It wasn't me. I would like to think it was my witness or my love for him. It, it, I don't believe it was that. I don't, believe it was, I don't believe it had anything to do with that. I mean, there might have been some influence there, I, I think, but there was a, a, another gentleman that we were both associates with who was a sinner. Now, we're all sinners but then there are some sinners. Are y'all with me? <laughs> I'm talking about sinner. Got that? Got that Superman T on it, or, or and, and not T, but S, and it didn't stand for Superman. It stood for sinner. Amen. Super sinner. <laughs> and he got saved. And you know what happened? His life totally changed. And Jimbo watched him, and day after day. Because in the very beginning when he first went forward, came to this altar right there, God saved, right there. He said, see, 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 see. Because see, he thought he's going to be just like all the rest of them. And, and this sinner never missed another service. And so the change in somebody made all the difference in reaching somebody for Christ. You don't have to know all the Bible. Just live like you're different. Amen? Amen. We'll get to that in chapter 2. C, chapter 3. We're immature when we have impatience and difficulties, talking but not living the truth. C, no control of the tongue. Everybody's wanting to give an invitation right now, ain't you? I can tell. <laughs> Let's dismiss this service, amen. Can't keep her mouth shut. Always got to say something. Always got to have a last word. Huge, huge, huge sign of immaturity. Some of the wisest men I know are some of the quietest men I know. You rare you rarely hear them. You rarely hear them talk. But when they do, it's important, and it's something that needs to be said or something that needs to be heard. I remember, huh, I was I was uh, I, I was dating a young lady when I was in Bible college, and and uh, and her father he liked me, but he didn't want me to know he liked me, and uh, so he never acted like he liked me and uh uh I never found out he liked me till it was and uh and I think then he liked me more. I don't know uh we were sitting there and am and I'm always saying something stupid or 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 just cutting up and 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 we were sitting at the at the dinner table and and all the family was sitting there, and I said something I don't remember what i said it was something to the nature of well, you're awful quiet today. why'd I say that? He looked up from his plate with as serious look as you've ever seen in your life. He said, it's better for people to think you're a fool than to open your mouth and remove all doubt. And all God's people said... How many of you have been in a place in your life where you just wish you ate the biscuit and shut up? That's chapter 3. Y'all want to be there for that one, amen? That'll be about three weeks from now. I may pull that as a surprise because some of y'all ain't going to come. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to... We're just going to mix it up, amen? We'll go to 5. and come, So you don't never know when three's coming, amen? D, Signs of immaturity, impatience and difficulties, talking but not living the truth, no control of the tongue. D, fighting and coveting. Fighting and coveting. Fighting in the church, coveting in the church, wanting wanting positions, wanting, wanting offices, wanting to be important. Wanting to be important. Usually those that want to be important don't need to be. I've, I, that's what I've come to find out. Most people, most people... That, that, that really needed to be in a position, never want to be in a position. That's just my my background and what I've seen. Those people that are looking for a position, uh, they, that's chapter four. We'll, we'll deal with that then. We'll deal with that then. Uh, e, collecting material toys. Collecting material toys. In other words, getting consumed and 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 caught up with uh, materialism. James was not discussing an array of miscellaneous problems. All of these problems had a common cause. Underline this, spiritual immaturity. Underline that in your notes. Spiritual immaturity. These Christians simply were not growing up. James used the word perfect several times, a word that means mature, complete. Several times you find this phrase. By perfect man, James did not mean a sinless man, as we said, but rather one who is mature, balanced, and grown up. That word balanced, I that word two or three times and put a star around it and everything. That's a big deal. That word balanced is so important. You know, one of the one of the, the the most important things about the Christian life is having balance. You you don't need to be too liberal, and you don't need to be too legalistic. You know, you you don't need to be too to the point that just anything goes, and you don't need to be to the point that you're against tap water. You know, you there needs to be balance, and one of the one of the, the hardest things that you can find in many places is balance. Balance just just. People that are balanced, they're not, they're not an extreme one way or the other. They're not crazy one way or crazy the other way. They're just balanced people. And one thing about spiritual maturity, when you, when you start developing spiritual maturity, you'll find balance in your life. Now, how many of us will admit, and I, I'm going to put myself here. I'm going to put myself here. Uh, will, will you admit sometimes there's been times in your life when you, it seemed to be on a, a, an emotional roller coaster. Up one day and down in a hole the next. You know, I mean it just seemed like you didn't know what was going to happen. What morning you woke up or who and 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 as you grow in in maturity. It's not like that. It's not like that. You begin to discern things. You begin to have balance in your life and and boy, that's what we need. We need a ton of that in the local church today. All right? Now, here's how we're going to do this. Here's how we're going to do this. We <laughs> we was really supposed to uh, get done with it sooner uh, but this is fine we'll we'll have plenty of time here's how we're going to take this study and and it's really important that we get this because uh, if 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 we if we do what we're fixing today these these things that we're going to list and, and write down right now we're going to get everything out of this book we're going to get it all out of that i mean it, it's kind of like how many of you? How many of you have got an a, a, an electronic device, or could be an iPhone or something? That there is tons of stuff in there, but you only know how to dial a number. <laughs> and then then you ask a ten year old, and they come show you how to how to fax China with it. <laughs> Y'all know what I'm talking about? How there there we have so much stuff. And man, I didn't I didn't know that thing did. It? Well, let me show you this. <laughs> I didn't know that did that. Well, let me show you this. And and then, I mean, you're just blown away by all this stuff that was at your hands and was available to you, but you had no idea. Well, this book is the same way. And I I want to teach you, I want to teach you through these things. If we get this, this is how we're going to get all of it out of it. I mean, we want to glean every morsel out of this book, all right? The first thing we got to deal with is salvation. Write that down salvation. The approach we're going to take at this. We need to be saved. He deals with this in James 1.18. James 1.18, he says, of his own will, of his own will, he begat us with the word of truth that we should be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. First of all, it is essential that we have been born again. If we're going to get everything out of this study, we must be born again. You cannot discern spiritual things if you're spiritually dead. Your spirit is what's going to speak to you and connect with the scriptures. When you're lost, you're, you're going to be totally oblivious to this book. And so many times people say, well, I can't understand it. I can't understand it. And it's not necessarily any other thing, but they're not saved. Now, Let me make sure and clarify this. Uh, Just because you don't understand it doesn't mean you're not saved. But many times that could be the problem. There's been times I didn't understand something. I read it. I've, I've, I've been studying my Bible, and I've read something ever since I was a little kid and probably read the same chapter, same verses 500 times. Then all of a sudden God flips the switch and says, let me show you what this means. And it just illuminates. And I'm like, wow. I didn't know that's what that meant. Now, your spirit must be alive. When you are, when you are lost, you're dead in your trespasses and in sins. The Bible says you have to be quickened. The word quicken means to make alive, kind of like the quick in your in your fingernail. You, you get into that, you find how, how alive you are. Say amen. <laughs> it's living. It's not mean speed. It's not talking about fast. It says you hath he quickened or made alive. You hath he quickened who were dead in your trespasses and in sin. That's what what Jesus was trying to teach Nicodemus when he said you must be born again. You see, because, because man was created in the image of God. He said let us make man, let us make man in our image. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. They said okay. They made man in the image of God in a trinity. There are three major parts to the human body, three major parts to the arm, to the leg, to the hand, to the fingers, three major parts. We were made in trinities. We were made a body, soul, and spirit. Are y'all with me? Say amen. amen. Body, soul, and spirit. The, when, when Adam, he said, the, the, the moment you eat of that fruit in the garden, ye shall surely die. Now, did his body die? No, he lived for several, several years after after he took that fruit. So he wasn't talking about his body. Did his soul die? No, because the soul is never dying. God breathed in the man's nostrils the breath of life, and he became a living soul. It was never dying. The soul will never die. It will live on for eternity in heaven or hell. What was he talking about? The spirit. The spirit is what connects with God. And when that spirit died, what did God do? Adam! He came looking for him. Why? The connection was broken. And if we're going to understand and discern spiritual things, that spirit has to be reborn. Reborn. That's what uh, Jesus was telling Nicodemus in John chapter number three. Ye must be born again. again. So, if you're really going to get the goodie out of this you got to be saved. And if you don't know Christ as your Savior, that's no problem. That is no problem. We'll have people here with a Bible right after the service, and they'll show you in the Bible how you can know for sure that you're saved. And, man, I'm telling you, the Bible will illuminate, and God will show you so many things you didn't know before. Say amen. Amen. First is salvation. Got to be saved. B, examination examination we must honestly that's a key word underline that underline that we must honestly examine our lives in the light of god's word james compares the bible to a mirror let's look at that look in verse number uh 22 here we go 22 are you there say amen but be ye doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving your own selves For if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, watch how he compares him. If you just come in here and hear me say something and go out and don't do it, this is how he compares you. He is like a man beholding his natural face in a glass, for he beholdeth himself and goeth his way and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. Now what does that mean? A mirror. How many of y'all know that a mirror is brutally honest? Are y'all with me? If ugly's in front of it, That's what it shows. Y'all with me? Y'all hear about ugly? Beauty is skin deep, but ugly is to the bone. When beauty fades away, ugly hangs on. Amen? I'm sorry. John told me that one. amen, he said, throw this in, preacher, it'll work. Listen, here's what happens. We stand in front of a mirror. We stand in front of a mirror and a hair's out of place hair's out of place, look like alfalfa, hair's out of place. What is that that mirror for? Correction. Fix the hair, man. (laughs) Right? But watch, we don't do anything. We don't take any action. You know what happens? I've I've done this before. I've seen something in the mirror, I said, I need to go get a brush and fix that. And I turn around, in five seconds, I forgot what I was doing. And so I walk out of the house, and here I go looking like alpha alpha down to work or wherever I'm going because I didn't take action when I saw what it revealed to me. And then I forgot what manner of man I was. How do you apply that? When we look into God's Word, it's a mirror. And it gives back a reflection of exactly who we are. It doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't. It doesn't sugarcoat nothing. And God says when it shows you something you need to address or adjust or give attention to, do it right then. Because if you don't be a doer of the word and just a hearer, you're going to turn around and you're going to forget what that book just revealed about your life. That book may reveal you have a jealousy problem. That book may reveal you have a pride problem. That book may reveal you have a run-in-your-mouth problem. Amen. That book may reveal that you have issues with lust. It may reveal that you have... Are y'all with me? Amen. So what are we going to do? We're going to be honest. When we study this and we read this, if I have an anger problem, I'm going to deal with it. Right. I'm going to admit it. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give attention to it. If I have a problem with what... Is it, if this makes sense, say man? So we're going to give honest examination. James warns us that we must be honest about what we see and not merely glance at the image and walk away. I'll be honest with you. some people some people uh, they would they would rather just not know. And that's very dangerous. Are y'all with me? Let's hurry we got two minutes. See uh, application. Application. We must obey God, what God teaches us no matter what the cost. We must be doers of the word and not hearers only. The biggest problem with spiritual immaturity in the church is that thing right there. We come in and hear it and we do not apply it. We come in here and say, Whoo, that was a good lesson. That was a good sermon. That was a good message. Boy, so and so sure need to hear that. <laughs> Amen. It's like the guy who who come in after the service. You know, preacher standing in the back, shake people's hands, and every service he said, "Boy, preacher, you sure gave it to him today." And he was the biggest sinner in the church. Boy, it irritate the preacher to death. He would just make him some mad. And, man, he would just do everything he can in every service. He said, boy, you gave it to him today, preacher. And him thinking, it was for you, you dummy. (laughs) Well, one day he shows up, and it was a bad, bad snow. And the only person that showed up was him. So I got you now, big boy. He started in Genesis, and for three hours, he gave him every chapter. He knew, I mean, right down, both barrels wide open, all the way to Revelation. If it was ever going to get him, it got him today. He come by and shook his hand at the shirt and said, Boy, I tell you what, preacher, if they'd have been here, you'd have sure gave it to him." Amen. How <laughs> I many y'all know something? No, I'm kidding. Don't, don't. <laughs> Let's apply. Let's apply say that Say this with me. It's me. Oh, that's only a quarter of you. Come on. It's me. It's me. It's me, me. me O oh Lord. Oh Lord, standing in the need of prayer. Need of prayer. Are, are, we, are we saying amen right there? Amen. Listen, <clears throat> it's easy. It's easy to attend a Bible study, share a lesson, and discuss it. But it's much more difficult to go out into life in the workday world And practice what we've learned. The blessing does not come in studying the Word, but in doing the Word. Underline that. The blessing does not come in studying the Word, but in doing the Word. Unless we are willing to obey, the Lord is not obligated to teach us. That's huge. Teach me, Lord. He said, why? You ain't going to do it. You had not done the last five things I've already taught you. Amen. D, preparation. Preparation. We must be prepared for some extra trials and testings because whenever we are serious about spiritual growth, the the enemy gets serious about opposing us. Why? Because when you become mature, you become dangerous to his agenda. So be prepared for Satan to try to come against you. Perhaps you you feel a need for more patience, then be prepared for more trials, because tribulation worketh patience. The real examinations in Bible study come in the school of life, not in the classroom. Not in the classroom. Preacher, what are you saying? I'm saying this. You're going to see most of the, the, the truth and the reality of this, not in this room, but out those doors. Amen? Well, we're in overtime. Uh, oh yes, yes. We've been we we're we're trying to get everything out of the building and everything because we're we're, we're this Sunday is going to be the last Sunday. Uh, we've got a bunch. Are, are they all Bibles? Is everything in there? We've got like two boxes of Bibles out there that uh, either have names on them, and that may help you, uh, uh, or they don't. And if you've lost a Bible, or maybe you've forgotten a Bible in here, and the, and the, and the cleaning people picked it up or whatever, uh, you don't have it. Stop by that table. Stop by that table and see if your Bible's back there. And uh, listen, pick it up. We want to get it back to you. Uh, And and make sure you don't pick somebody else's Bible up. That's stealing. I mean, right after the church house, we, you know, let's let's try to be honest. Their grandmama might have got it for them and everything. So we want to try to get it where it rightfully belongs. But make sure and see if 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 one of your Bibles back there. Pick that up because we want to we want to get it to you. And all God's people say it. Well, let's stand. Let's stand. Uh, I was hoping we'd have a little more time, but that's, that's fine. That's fine. Uh, I'm excited about what's going on, aren't you? Amen. So let's be praying for this Sunday and uh, uh, praying for an awesome service. It'll be our, our uh, first Sunday of the month. We're going to be baptizing, but uh, it's going to be the last Sunday in the, in the auditorium and looking for a new day. Amen. And we're going to get back. We're going to get back onto our schedule of going through the Bible. I think the last before our missions month, we stop with the minor, or excuse me the major prophets, and uh, and we'll we'll be jumping into the minor prophets and going from there, and uh, jumping over there into the Gospels, and that's going to be real exciting before Christmas, seeing uh, the different. Uh, we're probably going to take four different services for. Uh, maybe for the Gospels and and see how each Gospel depicts the Lord Jesus Christ, which is really cool. So it's going to be great. All right. Can we all say amen? Amen. Father, thank you for all...